Welcome to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano, and today I am really excited to talk to our guest. But before I introduce my guest, let me ask of you a favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you enjoyed the first episode and you're really looking forward to the future episodes, please share it with a friend. Uh, l- let's get this podcast around. And if you want to be on the podcast, if you're someone who was born in the 209 or moved to the 209 and you have some interesting stories you'd like to share, please send us a message on social media at the 209 Journey on Facebook and Twitter. And let me know, right? What's your story? What would you like to share with everyone here on the podcast? And we'll have you on. Let me go ahead and introduce my second guest of this podcast. Uh, yeah, another special person that is really amazing. Like she's marked my life like no other and really a big inspiration to me. And I'm really glad to be able to be talking to you here today. Uh, she was my math teacher for two years while I was in high school. I'm really glad uh, uh, the second year actually happened because it really happened because I needed more help <laughs> with math. And I remember taking, uh, I think it was like geometry and algebra. And I think I was having to retake algebra, even though I did pass it, not that I didn't pass it, but I had to retake it. And and I was really glad that that class was there and that you taught that class. Um, And so she's here to talk to us about her journey to the 209, uh, maybe a couple of teacher stories throughout the years, as well as how she became friends with Ellen DeGeneres. So that (laughs) is going to be really interesting. And like I said, I'm really interested in hearing about that. So let me go ahead and introduce then my guest today, Lori Gaines. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you. I'm really glad that, you know, we've made this work. I know it's, uh, you get really busy and fortunately, you know, with school giving you a break right now, you're able to, you know, take a break because I know last year it was yes. really intense and y'all deserve yes. a lot of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so I, I know you went to college and you're originally from Texas, right? I am, and, yes. Uh, tell us how you made the trip over to the 209. How did that whole thing happen? So I met, my husband was in the military at the time and he was stationed in San Antonio, which is my hometown. So I was home um, from Baylor my senior year on on Christmas break. And I was out with one of my girlfriends and he was there and we just kind of met and started talking and, um, he is originally from San Jose. So we eventually, after dating for a long time, we got married. And when he got out of the military, he wanted to move back to the Bay area. So we did, and we lived there for about five years. And then like so many people, we wanted to be able to afford a house. So we ended up moving out to Modesto way back in 2004 before things became quite as crazy as they are now. So that is how I made my way out to the 209. Wow. That's, that's really awesome because now I'm thinking about right. The years that I was in high school and you came right on time. <laughs> yes. Right. 2004. I'm like, I, you know, my, my years in high school were 2005 to 2009. And if memory serves me correct i think that i had your class 2006 and 2007 or no 2007 and 2008 actually because my senior year was was with you and then i left 2010 because that's when gregorio opened 
So yay you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm one of the few lucky, lucky ones uh, that can say that, right? Yay me, I, actually, uh, because you were such an amazing, I mean, you're amazing now because you were amazing then. So of course we're even more amazing now. I'm not surprised that you turned out the way you did. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, like I, I, I told you offline, right, like your enthusiasm for teaching and, and all that is really contagious. And it's one of those things that I'm sure if we talk to anyone else, right, who was in your classes and whatnot, we remember you as being that teacher that was super passionate about what she was teaching, always went the extra mile to make sure that everyone uh, felt like they had some help. And if you had to stay extra time, you stayed there. And so you know, those things always, you know, mark us in life. And as we jump into our careers, I think we try to follow suit, right? Uh, on yeah. what some of our teachers did and, and try to do uh, the same as, and be as passionate about whatever it is that we're doing. So yeah, that, that was it. really great. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So I want to hear the story. How is it that you arrived at uh, Davis, right? Because I'm sure Davis was the school that you first arrived to in Modesto, correct? Yes. So when we were moving out to the Central Valley, I applied, there were a few different high school math positions open and I applied at Davis and at Downey. And my my first interview was at Davis. And I, after the interview, I was driving back to our home and I got a phone call. He knew I had an interview coming up with Downey afterwards the next day. And he called me, he was like, cancel that interview. We want you. Um, and so that's how I ended up at Davis. They kept me from going to Downey. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> Cause who, who knows what would have happened there. Right. And I remember you know? I got the chance to, I, I went to Downey actually for more just for one class. Right. So I, I can't really say all that much there, but yeah, you could have ended there and I wouldn't be uh, here talking you know? to you. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, well, that that was really interesting. And uh, how is it that he knew that you had an interview? Or did you tell him? Or are they like connected the schools? Or I what? did. Oh, okay. I did. I don't. I can't remember if he. I think he asked if I had a. I don't know if it came up on their thing that I had applied to the the two different sites that had it open, mm. or if he asked and I told him that part. I can't remember, but he knew. So. <laughs> Well, that that's really that's really something else, right? When you get that call right away, like, right, don't go, like, just come here. We want you here now. And come here, we want you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, know, was great. that your first year of like teaching? Was that like your first experience? No, or? no, I had been teaching seven years prior to that. So, my first two years teaching were in San Antonio, which is where I'm from. After I graduated from Baylor. I taught my first two years there, you know, right after I met my husband. And then when he got out, we moved back here. I um, got a teaching job in Bay Area, taught there for five years before we moved to Modesto. So I've been teaching for seven years before I started at Davis. Oh, wow. You even went to the Bay Area and whatnot. Uh, That's really cool. Uh, I mean, to be able to have all this experience. And I'm sure you notice a lot of differences, right? Especially Bay Area to Central Valley. (laughs) A a lot of differences. It was different, very much so. Tell me a, a story, or you could do multiple, as many as you want, actually, because I know you've been you know, teaching for a while, and there's probably a lot of things that come to mind when, when it comes to 
students and different stories that have happened and uh, really neat stories that you know you've come across while teaching at all these different schools um yeah th- tell me some interesting stories here oh my gosh i don't even know where to start so j- just like random things one of my years that i was teaching in the bay area and this kid is now a science teacher himself he because i'm really short and so he's not he's very tall so he loved to stick pencils up in the ceiling because he knew i couldn't reach them and i would make him take them out and he would but he would do that all the time and then he had like this little magnetic little stick figure that i still have to this day and we called him bob and he like stuck him up by the clock in the class where I taught in the Bay Area at the time. And I kept Bob and I still have Bob. Bob is on my filing cabinet. I have never let Bob go. So just just random things like that. Just, just you know, super cool things. And then um, students that were tough when they came in and I was able to get through to them or I got them right after they had started to make good decisions. I remember this one kid, this was actually just a few years ago at Gregory. I got this one kid who had never, ever, ever been successful at math ever. His name was Jonathan. We called him John and I never let him off the hook and he didn't do well for me first semester. I'm, I, I think he failed first semester, but then second semester, he finally started to try because I just refused to lower the bar and I continued to tell him that he could do it. And he got a C in my class. And for him, that was everything. This is a kid that had never, I don't even know if he'd ever passed high school math class, let alone gotten a C. And I was so proud of him because it's not all about the straight A kids. It's about those kids that have struggled. And for that first time, got a C in a math class. And for them, it's life-changing because they didn't ever even think they could do that. And I remember he got an A on a quiz. It was one quiz he got an A on. And he was so excited. And he went around telling everybody, I can get an A on a quiz. If I can do it, you can do it. And he came back this past year and he visited. He got a job at Tesla. And he said to me, he said, your class changed my life. And it made me realize that I can do things. And I just, I just wanted to cry because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is those kids that don't think that they can, they haven't been able to finally realizing that they can. It's everything. Wow. That's, that's something else. That's really amazing when, when you're able to accomplish that and I'm with you on that. I think kids don't need to have straight A's, right? And I feel like a lot of parents put that pressure on them that, okay, you need to keep it up with your grades and you need to be an an honor student. And my last guest that I had on, uh, my my good friend, Anthony, we were actually just talking about it in the previous podcast where he actually had honor classes. Uh, He was going to Modesto High too. And they were forcing him to stay in that. Otherwise, he would actually have to go to another school. And mm-hmm. it's it's a shame that like students have to be put in this pressure that they need to get good grades. They need to continue being an honor student. And he was telling me that one of his friends actually graduated with honors, had all these amazing accomplishments. And years later, he actually contacted him and he let him know that he was working at a car wash in town. 
And, you know, after asking him, like, hey, why is it that you're working there? Uh, apparently, he just said that no college was going to accept him because they weren't just looking at the grades. They were looking at what else did you do aside from just yep. school, which yep. is is a bit contradictory, right? Because all the kids who are straight A students, I mean, they're they're looking at the books all day. You don't really have time to do all that much unless you're like a super student and you're like, you know, I and can there's do not very many and... of those. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm really curious as a teacher, like what, what would you change? I think in the system to, you know, not make it like that for those students who feel like they're under like immense pressure. Well, that, that, unfortunately I can't change the parents because that mm. is for most of those kids, they tell me that's their parents' expectation. Mm. And I tell them all the time, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get a B, your life is not over. You don't have to be a straight A student to have a great life. I made good grades. I got the occasional B. I have a great life. I went to a great university. I have a beautiful career that I love that I was very well prepared for. In fact, I tell a lot of my students, I almost wish you guys would get a B just to get it out of your system and realize it's not going to ruin your life. But I can't tell you how many of them say to me, yeah, we'll go tell that to my parents. And that makes me sad. My mother, I remember one time I got a C, one time, and I was so devastated, but it was a really hard class. And my mom said to me, did you work your hardest? And I said, I did. She said, if you worked your hardest and a C was what you got, then how can I be upset with that? We prefer A's and B's. And I never got a C again after that in, in, in high school ever. But to know that as long as I worked my hardest and did my best, that that was what mattered, not that I had to get straight A's. It was um, easier to do better, quite honestly, when you don't have that pressure on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you're not looking at every test. And I feel like even students, as they're taking tests, they they have their parents' voice in their mind, right? Like, are you going to get straight A's? And the moment that you get a test back and it's like a D, that like messes so much with like your confidence. And especially mm-hmm. when it's the first test that you're taking too, right? Like, Yes. So, and, and I remember myself being in that situation with uh, a pre-calculus class that I had to take in uh, college, which I wasn't a big fan of, but I started <laughs> off, okay. <laughs> unfortunately, in that path. But, you know, it's one of those things where even if you don't start off right, it, it's more like an eye-opener, right? That like, okay, I think I need to put a little bit more effort into this so I can do better. And thankfully, I mean, I still passed it with the Z, but it, it was... It was challenging, I have to say, but I felt proud of that C because I just wanted to make sure I passed it. There you go. And there's nothing wrong with that because there are some classes that are really hard and a C is okay in those really hard classes. Yeah. And, you know, I think, yeah, parents just need to realize that for one, it's like, and maybe they need to listen to that first podcast. Like I mentioned, right? The other one that, you know, Mm -hmm. really smart students sometimes don't make it to big schools and sometimes uh, just average students who did a lot end up making it to those schools and guess what they didn't have straight A's right (laughs) exactly exactly yep so since you mentioned earlier that student right that was like really uh, difficult right like he felt like he wasn't going to pass the class and whatnot Jonathan uh, yeah what are some of those like strategies that like you implement when you see students like that? Because I know when you see a student like that, you're probably like, yes, like, let me make sure that I change their mentality and have more people like that student that you mentioned. 
I think it's just consistency. I never stopped addressing him the way that I do. I never stopped going by his desk. How's it going? How can I help you? I just never let him feel like it was okay to not learn. I wasn't on, I wasn't harping on him. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? But it was just continuous. All right. How's it going? How can I help you? How's it going? How can I help you? And eventually it was a combination of me not giving up on checking on him and letting him know that I knew he could do it and watching his classmates become successful. I think it was both things that made it was peer pressure. Like, okay, I can't just fail in this class because that's not what this class is. I'm not, I'm not surrounded by kids that are all failing and this teacher is not going to give up on me. So maybe I can try a little bit. And then it just went from there. So I think it was those two things. I think it was just the class environment um, and just me staying consistent in how I spoke with him. I agree. The peer pressure definitely gets to you, especially when like you look at your grade and you're like, uh, what did you get? And I remember asking people right in the class and all that. And when people say they got a grade like yours, you're like, okay, all right. I feel like we're on the same boat. It, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that, that bad. Um, and then, of course, right. If, if the whole class doesn't do as great, then, you know, I'm sure you as, as a teacher, you're like, all right, well, there, that's a different probably... <laughs> issue. Yep, absolutely. It's like, let's take a pause. Let's backtrack. Let's see what happened. Let's try again. Yeah. So whenever, and I don't even, maybe you've never had that circumstance because I know. Uh, I have. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but it, it has happened. How do you normally, uh, I guess, reflect or what's kind of your way of thinking once that happens? Like, what do you normally change or what do you find that maybe the, the issue was? I just, I look for the, if it's like a general, the class in general didn't do well. I try to look at what specifically it was. Was it just a couple of specific skills? Was it just overall? Um, and then we go back and, and, and we just spend a brief amount of time relearning and repracticing and trying again. Uh, again, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's got to be addressed. You can't just move on and be like, oh, the majority of my class failed this. Let's just move forward. You know, that's not, that, I mean, there are teachers that do that, um, but you've got to address it. So, you know, I do. I just um, look at the data of the test and figure out what the common theme was and we we go back through it and figure it out and we just we do it again cool this is something that i think as students we we talk about often right and uh i remember it, it's always one of those things where we have debates over wh- which one's better and and whatnot because yeah for some students it's it's good and for others it's not but yeah, what do you typically prefer in test taking? Do you prefer doing like multiple choice tests or, or tests where you actually have to, you know, show your work and whatnot? What, what's your opinion on, on those two? And like, which one do you normally uh, think is, is better? It, it needs to be a combination of the two, because as a teacher, if you give a test that is all written where you have to show your work, you won't be able to get it all graded. Mm. And <laughs> Um, in a correct amount of time, it'll take forever. So I do a combination of the two. I'll do a combination of multiple choice matching those kinds of things, but then I'll add on a portion where it is free response, where you have to show your work. It's you can't just go through multiple choice or you know matching, and that's the best of both worlds because it's they do at some point and have to show that they really do know what they're talking about. And 
it doesn't take as long to grade because you're not grading 20 free response questions. You're grading like five and it's less stressful for the kids too, because when it's a mixture of both, it's less stress on them. So I think it's, it's a, it's a fine balance as a teacher. I think if we had less students, free response would be the way to go. Cause then they have to really show on everything, but just with reality of our class sizes, that's not going to happen. I would never get anything graded. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, but that, you have to have would. some. You have to have some of that. Yeah, I, I actually I do like that idea of having a test like that. But if I think back to like just college classes in general, I think most of them were multiple choice, and uh, a lot of us were like, yeah, you know, like it's it's good for some, especially. I mean, there's some people that are really good at guessing, right? And they'll get a good grade mm-hmm. from just a multiple choice. But like in my opinion, I feel like. If you actually have to do uh, written, you can actually show if you actually mastered the material versus maybe just getting lucky and guessing the right one. But I can see it both ways too, and 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 whatnot. But I think some professors maybe just choose to just uh, do all multiple choice and not really deal with anything else when it's like yeah. But sometimes but it's quicker. Yeah. So m- moving on to to the school that you're now in, right, um, Gregory? Yes. Like it's. Mm-hmm much different of course than, yes. than Davis a brand new school I, I believe mm-hmm. right, the, the newest high school in in our area maybe even in the whole 209 I'm not too sure on that yeah but, I think uh, so w- what differences have you noticed right between moving on from Davis onto Gregory like what what differences have you noticed in teaching and just in, in general really I there a lot of the Davis teachers came over to Gregory so I don't think there was much of a difference in that I think that difference is really just in the facilities themselves. It it is a new school. It's beautiful. Um, And and that goes a long way when you are at a campus that you can look at and admire. It does change a lot of the psychology of being there. I mean, it really, really, really does. Um, The teaching, I would say, isn't that much different, like I said, because so many of us from Davis came over to Gregory. And the teachers at Davis are are amazing. Um, nothing's changed as far as that goes. It really is just the facilities and the physical campus itself. Yeah, because other than that, like curriculum wise, it's all it's all the same, right? It's Being all a, the same. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I what other teachers from Davis actually went there? Uh, I'm I'm curious now if I remember oh my any gosh. of them. <laughs> so when I'm trying to think of who starts, so myself, Mrs. Cloud, who was one of the English teachers, um, Mr. McCarthy, who was like the journalism Ooh, yeah, media that was, teacher. That was my <laughs> yeah, Mr. Orlando, Mr. Ooh, Orlando, okay. uh, Mr. Duell, Mr. Cantwell from Ooh. Science. Yeah. Yes. Um gosh, I'm trying to remember. It's been 11 years now. So those are the names off the top of my head. If more come through, I'll kind of spelt those out but yeah well yeah most of those are actually my teachers i remember mr dwell and mr cantwell and and of course mr mccarthy like he's gonna be on eventually right because you know we 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 did a lot senior year with the i'm sure you remember right we started the first uh uh, television newscast right the corinthian tv and all that was really really amazing it was really sad that Mm -hmm. it it was really short-lived after I graduated, it pretty much was done. 
because I was the one who, you know, well, edited it. Carried over the to video. Good Morning, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he told me at one point, yeah, that like he that kind of served as an inspiration to transfer it over there. So I was like, all right, well, that's that's it where did, my, sure. <laughs> my idea went went to. So uh, that, that was really uh, awesome, too, and whatnot. So I'm curious in your time in Davis, uh, what story stands out to you? Like, what was your favorite moment uh, being at Davis? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. Um, Or moments, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I remember just kind of like some random things. I remember this adorable little freshman I had. He was this little tiny freshman in my pre-AP Algebra 2 class. His name was Christian Carrick. He went on to go to Harvard. Wow. I remember I had him in the last class of the day. So I guess seventh period. And my sixth period that year was really rough. It was a lot of the basketball players. It was right after lunch. So they were kind of um, a harder to contain group. But right after them, I had this class. And it was a small class. There was only 17 kids in that class. And he was in it. And one of the funny things I remember about him is we would be like starting class class and we'd be talking about the assignment, taking questions. And he would just go like, Mrs. Gant. I'd be like, yes, yes, Christian. He'd go, hi, <laughs> like just, just as sweet as can be. And just like funny and just lighten the mood. And he was, it, it was just, it was really, really, really cool. He was um, incredibly math inclined. Obviously he went on to Harvard to study <laughs> theoretical math. Um, I think he's at UCLA now working on his PhD in mathematics, but just, you know, it's, it's, it's the little things. It's not the big things when you teach us the little things like that. Um, And just some other students like Jordan Rinaldi, who's now at Gregory. I have a lot of former students that are teachers now, but he's the first one that's teaching at the same school as I am. And he would ask so many questions that I would threaten to charge him rent at some point because I spent so much time by his desk. I'm like, Jordan, I'm going to start charging you rent for as much time as I spend standing by your desk with your questions. Like, it's just funny things like that, you know, so not just one specific big thing. It's just a lot of little things like that. Wow. It's so amazing to hear that someone from Davis went on to Harvard and I hope anyone listening gets inspiration from that, right? Because yep. I think... Uh, I, I don't know if it's changing. I hope it's changing, but I know just from uh, personal experience, you know, just growing up in the Valley and going to high school, like most of us have that mentality that it's like, well, if you go to a big school, it's probably going to be like, maybe <laughs> like a UC Davis, right. Kind of a, a school being from the Valley, but you know, just mm-hmm. to think of going to Harvard is like, uh, or at least that's what we used to think, right? Like, Oh, that's probably none of us here as much as we try hard. And so, wow, yeah. He went to Harvard, and I have two that, and I have two that went to Stanford. So there's a lot. Wow. Yep. So, dream on, anybody. Like, just <laughs> if, if, if you right. can try, try and make it there, right? Or at least yep. send an application and say that you tried. Yep. Uh, that's that's all really that's that matters. Right. So one last thing here mm-hmm. on, on the teaching subject, um, because 2020, you know, happened of course last year, and. I know how much of a challenge it was for teachers, especially when they just told you, right? Like, all right, you're going to go switch to remote teaching. None of your students have ever done this before, but you got to do it this way. Um, How how did that work out for you? Tell me like when you found out you had to go remote and and how all that process was like throughout that time. 
Um, well, they, the credit to our district is they did do as much as they could to support us and to give us training and to help us transition into that. But in the spring when it happened, it was pretty quick. I felt okay with it. I, I figured it out really quick. I did. I would do um, teach the lessons on YouTube so that the kids could watch them whenever they wanted. And then I would hold class and they could ask questions. And then that was in the spring when everything shut down, when things were kind of up in the air and we didn't really know what it was going to look like. And then over the summer, we got a, a lot more training and a lot more help um, and a lot more structure on what the school year was going to look like. And it was still really, really, really rough. It was basically holding school the same. It's just that I'm on the other side of a computer instead of a physical classroom. Uh, so there was, it was, I will tell you, it was a lot more work. I spent, I think all of the teachers will tell you that teaching remotely was definitely at least twice as much work that we were having to put in. I was having to spend, I mean, I would spend time outside of the classroom grading and prepping, but this was even more so than that. I was working easily six days a week, easily way, way, way more hours every single day than I ever was during in-person teaching. It was, it was really hard. It was really hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's really awesome. I, I remember seeing some of your YouTube videos because I know you would share yeah. them on, on uh, Facebook. And I was like, yep. you know, if I could go back, this would be so helpful. Actually, it's even much more helpful than maybe us just taking notes in class, right? Because you're able to yep. replay, replay, and we don't have to keep asking you like, hey, can you repeat that again? Or, hey, I have a question. Yep. Uh, I, I missed what you just said. <laughs> yeah. So, th there were good benefits to that. And I don't know if schools are planning to adopt like or you know some of those things that were done uh while 2020 was going on but i feel like this might be changing uh some of the teaching tools right or or am i wrong with that you know what i don't know i think it depends on the on the actual teacher when we go back in the fall we're all going to go back in person um but there are some things that we learned like i know that when i use OneNote, i learned that the students can go back there's a replay button So if there was a part of the notes that I was doing as I was writing them, they can box it and click a button and it'll redo it live. Like I was doing it while I was teaching it in class. They can watch it happen over again live like it was when I was doing the notes in class. So things like that, um, that I think are really beneficial, but I, not all teachers use that. So mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know what, this next year will be telling on how many things we pull over from what we did this past year. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> you know, as, as you mentioned that a memory came to mind and I don't know if you remember this part, but I remember, and it was the first year that you had gotten this, you had a tablet that you would actually write on yes! and I forgot what you would call yes! it. You had a name for it. I don't know if you remember. It was an inner pad. Yeah. It was an inner pad. Yes. <laughs> I loved that thing. I loved it. It, it was and so it's, amazing. It's yeah. basically the same thing. That it, it's life changing. It really is. And <laughs> and basically now the the benefit is it's that same thing on my laptop that projects. So rather than have to have a separate device, it's just part of my laptop, and it does the same thing like you saw when you were in class. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I, well, that, you know that was before like we had iPads and all that. So even for mm -hmm. us, we were like, "Ooh, that's." something really it was so crazy. cool I know and and especially because it saved you a lot of time right from having to go to the board 
write something, yep. erase it, write it again, erase, and, and you could save it. And like you said, you could, yep. now you could go back and replay it. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how much yep. technology has gone by. <laughs> I um, know. Cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get to this last uh, segment. And, and I, like I said, I'm really curious to hear how this story went about because uh, <laughs> I know you left an impression on, on her and it's so amazing <laughs> uh, to say that my oh, math teacher was on TV a couple of times already, but uh, a <laughs> couple of questions. Yeah. And, and first I want to know, like, you know, let us know, how did you actually get to be on the Ellen show? First of all. <laughs> So before we actually hear about Lori's story on how she was on Ellen DeGeneres' couple of shows, the talk show and the game show, really interesting story, I wanted to invite you all to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on is at the 209 Journey. Also, we are on most podcast platforms now. So feel free to check us out on all the different ones that are out there. And if you're able to leave a review of this podcast, please leave us a review on what your thoughts were on the first episode and on this second episode. I would really appreciate that. One of those spots where you can actually leave reviews is Apple Podcasts. So if you're ready to leave a review on there, great. If you're not quite ready and you want to hear more episodes, totally understandable. But please, it would be amazing and it would mean a lot if you leave um, a review there. I'm not asking for five-star reviews, but if you don't leave a five-star review and you have some feedback to provide, please provide that feedback to me. Um, as we all know, feedback helps us grow and none of us are perfect and we are always trying to improve anything that we do in life every day. So please share that feedback with me and please help me grow this podcast as well. Thank you so much. And now let's hear the Ellen DeGeneres stories. So in December of, oh gosh, was it 2017 or 2018? Must've been 2018. I don't know. Anyway, it was one Christmas break and I had donated one of my kidneys to the mom of one of my students. And unbeknownst to me, one of my colleagues wrote into the Ellen show to tell them what I had done. And at that time, Ellen was doing her million acts of good show that she had been doing throughout the whole year, which I didn't know. And I was still recovering from surgery and my in-laws had my kids at the time. And I was driving up to Manteca to pick up my daughters. And I get this message from my colleague saying, Hey, cause she didn't have my phone number, but she messaged me and she said, I need your phone number. The Ellen show is trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, wait, what, why would the Ellen show be trying to get a hold of me? And she said, well, I wrote in and I told them what you had done and they want to, they want to talk to you. And so like 10 minutes later, some producer from the Ellen show is calling me, telling me we want to bring you out next week. And I'm just like flipping out. And so that next week I was, I was out there and it was, um, her 60th birthday episode. So it was actually over two days. So I was part of the audience. They filmed it all at once, but it aired over two days. So I was on there. And so she, um, there were three of us in the audience that she specifically highlighted for what we had done. And I was one of the three. And then that aired in January and in May. So, you know, four months later, 
I get a phone call from one of the producers of a game show saying, we loved you on her talk show and we want you to be on her game show. So then that whole thing happened. And then I was on the game show. And then they taped the game show in the summer, but it doesn't air until the winter. So I taped it in June and it aired in January. And then later that year, November, I am at soccer practice with my oldest and I see Warner Brothers Studios pop up on my cell phone and I'm like, why are they calling me? What is happening? They're calling me again. (laughs) And she was promoting the next season of her game show and she wanted to bring her three favorite contestants on and I was one of the three and so they were calling asking me to come back to be on the talk show as one of her three favorite contestants so then I was back on the talk show again (laughs) so that's all started from the kidney donation and then just spiraled from there so I call it my 45 minutes of fame because I was on three different times so my 15 minutes of three different times so that is how all of that happened. It's in, in a very, very brief nutshell. <laughs> that happened. Wow. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with, you know, how many guests she's had on, but I wonder if anyone else has been on three times on any of her shows. <laughs> that, yeah, that must have been know. like a record. <laughs> I'm sure there have been some. So I, I'm curious. What, I don't what know. The... <laughs> it was so funny. Everybody was like, you're besties. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. If she she calls, she probably has your phone number at this point, right? And <laughs> <laughs> you're like, invite me, invite me, like to a party too. And uh, she does, uh, you know, I'm, you I'm know. more than willing to take days off from work and go to LA as well. I'd like to get to know what it's like behind the scenes yep. and all that. And <laughs> uh, it's but, pretty uh, cool. <laughs> uh, so I gotta say, with, with those game shows, they look super fun, right? And and. Some of them look like, oh, you they should are. get hurt. But I'm sure, you know, they, you know, it just looks like that on TV. But, you know, I'm sure they have like spongy material no, you as you can. fall down. <laughs> How was that like? Walk yes. me through those games. There, there are some. I wasn't on any of the rough ones, but there are some that can be a little rough physically. <laughs> but yeah, like when you fall down into that pit, it's a really, really long drop, but it's a massive foam pit, <laughs> a really, really, really big foam pit that you drop down into. So it's perfectly safe, perfectly safe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I remember when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, what happened? I mean, I know what you're did good. she fall into? <laughs> that was the number one question I got asked was what did you fall into? Everybody wants to know what's down there. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I knew you were good, right? You were still posting on Facebook. So I was like, okay, well, she's good. She just posted that the episode is going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I survived. I survived. Uh, so uh, how long do they usually take to record an episode? Because I'm sure they probably take a lot of breaks. And, and what we see is just like a super short version of like the whole show, right? It depends. The, the talk show or the game show? Because they're really different. Uh, how about both? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go with both. Okay. The, talk, the talk show is not super long. They, they film... Um, like it's a normal show and then they have like the, where the commercial breaks would be or like the breaks in the taping. Um, that's not an excessively long day. I think when, like I said, I was there and they taped two episodes back to back and from start to finish, I think was less than five hours for two episodes being taped back to back. Oh, okay. It's the game show though is way different. 
that is a really, really long day. That's a 12 hour day. Mm. So depending on what game you are slated to play depends on how long your day is. Me, the game that I was chosen for, unfortunately, was one of the later recorded ones. So I was there from 730 in the morning to almost 730 at night to film for 10 minutes. So it is a really, really long day to film for this much time because you have to wait. Oh, you just have to wait until it's your turn to film your game. So why is it that they maybe don't schedule like the time that they're planning on on doing that? <laughs> or how does that work? Well, at the beginning, what they do, it, it, well, because what they do is they bring in all of the people that are possibly going to be filming that day. And not everyone is chosen, which is a little heartbreaking because there were some people, most of the people that are there do get to play. But there were some that were there that weren't chosen to actually go through and play a game. And they tell you that from the beginning, not everybody's actually going to be on air. So at the beginning, they're observing and they're deciding who they think would be the best fit for which games. So the first part of the day is deciding and casting. Okay, we want this person to play this game and these people are going to play this game. And then there's wardrobe and there's makeup and there's set changes because they have to film that particular game all of them for the whole season all at that time because you can't change sets back and forth Mm. so let's say that they're gonna have let's just call it game number one they're gonna have game number one and they're gonna display that game on five different episodes they have to film all of it at that time before they move on to what the next because it's it's a massive set change it's crazy so that's why it takes so long Wow, <laughs> like that, that's a a full time job plus overtime. Plus... Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's really interesting. yeah. I will tell you, her 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 staff pulls really, really, really long hours because of all of the work behind the scenes that goes on. It's it's a long day for them. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, in terms of like the the talk show, uh, while you guys aren't recording, like is Ellen speaking to like? the guests or like, are you guys having like side conversations or is it just like you record and then everyone? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. We're kind of talking. Sometimes she'll talk to us, but a lot of times she's um, very focused on whatever guest is coming up next and she's prepping and she's making sure that she's got all of her stuff ready to go for the next guest that comes out. And so, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's really amazing that, you know, you got it's that opportunity really neat and, to see all of it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because we, we just look at it. Right. And we're like, okay, well they probably just filmed this in 30 minutes, an hour. And that was that everyone went home and <laughs> it's a lot of work for sure. Well, what, what would you say uh, out of, you know, these times that you've been on there, what, what was your favorite moment of, of these three between the talk show and the, the game show? I would say definitely the the talk show. It's hard to pick which one the first time I was on it or the second time I was on it because they were both for such different reasons. So amazing. Um, and it's less stressful. Filming the game show is very, very stressful. And it's a super, super long day. 
but the talk show is not long and it's not stressful. And um, so I, I can't pick between the two of which one was more fun. They, they were both for very different reasons, equally awesome though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine <laughs> going, going through uh, either of those and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really amazing. I'm really glad that you're able to share with us that story and, and just the different moments that, that go on uh, throughout that. And like I, we were talking offline, I'm trying myself to go to like a, a recording of just any show because I'm really <laughs> curious how it all goes down. Right. And, yep. and I'm one of those people that wants to just see the behind the scenes of anything. Right. How do they make my favorite movie? How do they make this TV show? How is like a sporting event yeah. coordinated? I it's wanna- really cool. <laughs> So really, really cool stuff. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, Lori, thank you so much for spending this time here uh, with us on the podcast. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm really excited that I was able to get you on here and be able to hear all these really great stories, motivational, inspirational. I mean, all those words have come to mind always when, you know, I I think of those moments of, of just having your class and how much I've changed since then and, you know, how... All that's uh, shaped me into, like I said earlier, being so motivated to, uh, you know, have a career that I can enjoy as much as you enjoy teaching as well. So thank you so much for that. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. And I am just my my teacher mom heart is so proud of you, Louise. So you've done awesome. Great. Well, have a good night. <laughs> and thank you know, you. hopefully I can get you back on, especially, you know, if, if other things go on and we want to share with the world what happened. So. You got it. Thank you so much once again to my favorite math teacher in the world, uh, Lori Gaines, for spending some time on here. Really great to be able to hear all those stories, uh, beginning with the student who wasn't sure if he was going to be able to pass math class and her motivation to inspire him to pass that class worked out so perfect and it's those stories that we want to hear more teachers uh, mention, right? And they're not really mentioned as much, but I really want anyone listening right now, wherever you're from, to hear these stories, get inspired, no matter what it is that you're doing in life. And always know that if you can't do something, it's not because you really can't, it's because you haven't set your mind to it. And we heard it here earlier um, with that story that Lori mentioned. Also, recap uh, on the other part of the podcast as well, right? She mentioned the story on one of her students who also went to Davis High School here in Modesto, went to Harvard, and she's had a couple other ones that she mentioned that went to Stanford as well. So, hey, the world, the possibilities are endless for anyone listening. Whatever you want to do, you could do it. Don't get into that mentality that I'm from the 209 or I'm from the Central Valley uh, or I'm from anywhere else, right? That you might not be able to make it there, right? Because a lot of people fall into this trap where it's like, well, if I want to make it there, I have to have a rich family. I have to uh, know someone who already goes to the school or I have to live in a big city to get more opportunities. Like, nope, you don't have to do that. You just have to set your mind to it and actually make the effort to apply, right? Because if you never apply, then you're never going to know if you actually would have made it. So really great to hear that. And of course, really interesting to hear 
the stories that she had to say about her time in the Ellen DeGeneres show, uh, both the talk show and the game show. Really great stuff. If any of you have not seen those episodes, uh, which, you know, I'm sure she was featured in like the Modesto Bee and like local newspapers because that was a really big thing uh, to, to be in those shows. Go check them out. They're likely on YouTube. I haven't looked up if, if they are or not, but I'm assuming that you could probably find them on there and uh, go, go check out her, her times there in, in the talk show and in the game show because she had a blast. And, uh, you know, I was so happy to see her on there because if there's anyone that I knew that inspired me, as I mentioned earlier. It was her. And so she deserved to be on national TV to get that recognition and be able to show the world like, this is Lori. This is how every math teacher and even just in general, every teacher, no matter what grade level you teach, should be like. You should be passionate about your job and you should always be determined to uh, make sure that all of your students pass their classes. And if they're struggling, you have to take that as a message that, hey, I need to help them. I can't let them struggle because as we saw with their student's case earlier, he was able to pass the class. He was so motivated afterwards. Now he's working at Tesla. Now he's enjoying a better life than he did before where he wasn't as motivated. So it's sometimes those little things that make a huge difference. And we just heard it here highlighted. So awesome. If you're on social media, you may have already seen the link. Uh, if you haven't yet, and you're thinking of listening to me on a different podcast platform, if you go to podlink.to slash the 209 journey, capital T, capital J for that link, you'll be able to go to our podlink page where you can actually find uh, most of the platforms that we are currently on. And if you don't want to download an app or you're thinking of deleting that, that you're listening to this now no worries we actually also have a website and you can go check out that link and it'll send you um, to the website there's an option right there so you can listen to it on there so that won't require you to download any app and so just another option for you all if you don't want to listen on an app thank you so much to everyone for listening to tonight's episode and we'll see you next week here on the 209 journey podcast mm-hmm.